Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Take It From The Top. I'm your host, Hallie Mastro-Berardino. I'm so excited that you're here, and if you've listened to the last episode, you may see a trend forming because today we are also going to be talking about one of my favorite musicals, one of the most iconic musicals ever, A Chorus Line. But today we are focusing in on the production that happened at the Signature Theater, which I actually have spoken about before with past guest Trevor Michael Schmidt. However, today we are bringing in a fresh set of eyes, a fresh new experience with Mr. Jeff Gordy. Jeff is originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and we met while attending Point Park University. Jeff's career has been so full since graduating. He has performed in Cinderella at the Muni, The Wiz at Sacramento Music Circus, Damn Yankees at Pittsburgh CLO, and so many other amazing performance credits are on his resume. But like I said, today we are focusing in on Jeff's experience playing Paul in a chorus line at the Signature Theater. Jeff actually won the Helen Hayes Award for Best Supporting Actor for this production of A Chorus Line, and today we are going to hear all about his experience in the show. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and here's Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Howie. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Just living that quarantine life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so things are good. Things are good. Good. Well, I am very excited to have you on today. And it seems as though a chorus line is the is the show of the moment in terms of people I'm talking to. I just had James T. Lane on talking about the Broadway revival. And we've had Trevor Schmidt on before talking about this production that we are about to dive on into to get your side of the story. So I'm excited to hear all about it. I'm excited to talk about it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, okay. I think we are ready. (laughs) We are ready. Take it from the top. (laughs) So Jeff, let's go all the way back. When was the first time that this production kind of came across your radar and how did you get in the room? Yeah, I think I'm actually thinking back. Uh, It was, I think the auditions were sometime in May or June, I believe. I actually had seen you at the Tuts audition right before I had gone and done the signature course sign, Um, which I I was glad that I, that morning I had the original choreography and then I was able to just kind of switch into the new mode. Obviously this production was choreographed by Dennis Jones. It was all original choreography uh, with some homages mixed in. And yeah, so I, I, I was, happy for that and after the Tuts audition and I got cut from the Tuts audition I was sent over or I had that appointment lined up through my agency and and yeah it was pretty uh pretty great Liz uh, Piccini led that uh dance call and she was incredible I just felt like she was a little bit of like we could all breathe. We knew it was complicated work because Dennis Jones never settles for easy and uh, in the best way. And 
Yeah, and Liz just handled that whole dance call with grace. And at first, obviously, I was tense because it was a lot of material. You know, we going from an axle to double turn on the left to the right, and it's just like it was. It was. It was a lot at, at moments to learn uh, in an audition setting. But uh, yeah, she just added it, uh, made it so calming. And then afterwards, we all had to read for. Uh, Laura Stanzik, which was, she was doing all of the casting out of New York. And Laura, I was the last person for the day to read for Paul. And I just remember her and I connecting kind of right off the bat. And I got the call back for it, I think the next day or you know, within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And then we had to do it again do the dance call again for Liz and Matt Gardner, who was the director. And that was just for them too. And then they did another round of, oh, and we had to do obviously the, the materials, the, the do some of the, the Paul monologue. And then following that, then we had another final round. It was quote unquote, the final round of callbacks. And that was with uh, Joe from uh, Michael Bennett's estate. And, uh, Dennis Jones, Liz, um, Liz Laura Stanzik, and Matt Gardner. And I believe that was it. Um, those were kind of the five final uh, people on the panel. And that was a long day. I mean, it was, you know, 10 a.m. to I would say about 4 p.m. ish. It was pretty long, 3 p.m. ish, or at least felt that way. Right. Um, <laughs> I think it was like, um, and yeah, and then something kind of peculiar happens that I got an email from uh, Laura Stanzik, I believe, or my agents telling me that they wanted me to come in that following Wednesday to do the full monologue and get it on tape with Laura Stanzik. And I, my stomach at this point was dropped. I was like, I'm exhausted. Paul's material is exhausting to begin with, let alone the dancing that on top of it all. Um, and so I went in that following week. And then before I even went in with Laura, Matt Gardner wanted to FaceTime with me. And this was a director that I had heard of and respected his work, but it was intimidating to meet on FaceTime because he was back down in Washington. There was just like so much. And then uh, Laura Stanzik rented a, a room at Pearl Studios. And I just remember, now mind you actually through this, there was a lot that I was kind of dealing with whether I, um, I could fit a role like this and I could do a role like this justice. And I actually called Jack Allison, who was um, a professor at Point Park for many years and a big time Pittsburgh director. And I talked, I'll never forget, before I went in for my final callback with Laura Stanzik, I sat along the Hudson with Jack on the phone and he told me stories of seeing the original production. Uh, he told me what Paul means to him, what Paul meant for some of his friends. And I just remember we sat, I sat along the Hudson. We sat on the phone for like an hour and a half. I kid you not. We laughed, we cried. And a major piece of the Paul that 
I created, especially for that callback, but then moving forward was a big piece of uh, Jack Allison. So I have to give a shout out to Jack. And so then I went in for the final callback, final, final callback, I guess, with Lars <laughs> Stanzik. And I, I just remember being um, at Pearl and, and seeing Laura and being like, what's happening at that point <laughs> i kind of felt comfortable enough to really be transparent with her and not feel a hungry for the job b just yeah hungry for the job it was just like a human moment of you know what's happening and she filled me in that there, there were some people behind the table that didn't know if they had seen enough uh or or wanted they actually wanted people uh, who had done the role before. And I just remember Laura being like, but how can you do the role if you've never done it before? <laughs> it's like, it's kind of, you know, it's a juxtaposition yeah. um, uh, to be in. So, so yeah, and and we did it, we talked, Laura Stanzik and I, just about New York and the Apollo Theater uh, in, in the 70s, 60s, and uh, her experience being in New York during those, those years at the 70s, 80s. And, um, and yeah, it was a cool moment because I felt like I, I got to know her and I got to know uh, the, the, the reader that she brought from her agent, uh, from her office. He was amazing too. He, he was reading for Zach and we talked for a good amount of time. And then that allowed me the space to feel vulnerable. Obviously she was, she's a brilliant casting director. Um, so once we got the talking out of the way, I went up, I did it two or three times. I think, I think we did it twice. And then she was like, I think we have the take. Do you want to do it a third? And I just did the third for fun, I guess, mm -hmm. but it was yeah, two to three takes. And then that Friday, it was that Wednesday. And then that Friday, I, uh, got the call that I had booked it and I was actually packing up to leave because I was doing gigs. I was switching apartments and I was doing gigs um, around for the summer. So I was packing up all of my stuff and I got that phone call and I broke down. I was just, it felt like um, I had finally kind of achieved something for myself because I knew this was such a challenge of a role and, and show. And it's a show that I've always respected and always wanted to do, but there have been multiple people who've told me that I don't really fit in a specific role in that show. I'm not your average Paul. I'm six foot, you know, 180 pounds. I'm not, I'm not, you know, your, your, your cookie cutter Paul. And, uh, and so, yeah, I broke down and I called Jack Allison right away. And I just still remember he just kind of left a long pause and was just like, you did. And he was, he said, you know, this is just the beginning and then, um, you know, I kid you not, that Sunday he had passed away and I got the phone calls. And uh, so that, you know, will forever stay with me for, uh, for Jack. And then so then I moved around that summer, did some gigs, and then we started rehearsals October 1st, October 1st, uh, 2019 through January like 6th. Uh, 2020. Wow. Yeah, sorry. That's... That was a lot. No, you hit all of the things that I would have then asked you about, Jeff. But I love that you shared like all of the moments that you had of, of reaching out for advice and, and the your connection to the material and, and how important that was to you. And I mean, obviously, all of that stuff worked and allowed you to connect with 
the people casting the show and enough for them to to trust you with this material. And so that's wonderful. That's awesome. And so I guess I want to know, Jeff, like either before this or while you were preparing to jump in for rehearsals, like what kind of connection did you have already to the show? I know you said that people had told you you didn't really fit uh, in it before being cast in it. Um, so what kind of work did you have to do to um, to really dig into this role? Because, I mean, it is a very unique role in the show. Mm -hmm. And I know me personally, sometimes it um, if I'll go and see the show or if I'm like listening to the cast recording, obviously Paul doesn't sing very much, but that monologue and that whole scene is just so moving and important. So how did you kind of dig on into that either before you started rehearsals or when rehearsals began? Yeah, I think um, I'm uh, obsessed with like the work. I, I love, um, I'm a uh, very studious person and love to, to learn all the way up into the point where I kind of lose um, the pathos in it. Uh, does that make sense that it, it almost loses emotional connection? So I, I do as much research as I possibly can until I fall too deep into it. So the research that I was doing, obviously, before I booked it was talking to people that were around the original production and around the original time. And then obviously I reached out to Deidre Goodwin. She's a, a, a mentor friend of mine. And she told me a few things that, that were, you know, kind of important about it. Uh, about the revival, so I try to get a few different aspects. She um, Sheila, right? In the revival, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, obviously the preparation beforehand, and then once I booked it, then the real work really started to kind of happen. And all of that had to do with um, what New York City was like at the time. I wanted to understand the culture. I wanted to understand. Um, a big thing for me with Paul was that um, he isn't a damaged person. He's just been through a lot. Um, and if anything, he is a tough, fierce human for being able to live on the streets for as long as he did and be able to cultivate uh, good relationships, um, you know. I think that in the story, the, his relationship with Deanna Morales is extremely important because that's a cultural connection that feels like home to him, mm -hmm. uh, a safety net in some ways. Um, and obviously my own backstory was he lost, a, he lost his sister and that Deanna Morales in some ways, on, I'm sure a therapist would have a heyday, but fills that void for him, you yeah. know? And uh, so he latches on to uh, certain types of people and she's fiery and feisty and, you know, that's everything he doesn't lead with. So um, I thought that's an interesting connection. Um, so yeah, those types of things. I also, music was so important to me. Um, everybody in the cast could make fun of me all they want from Matt Risch, who played Zach, um, to Trevor, who played Mike. <laughs> I loved to, they would go up, Jeff's plugging in. Like I would kiki in the dressing room. I would have fun. And then about at half hour, I would plug in and just listen to all different um, 70 songs that I felt would Paul would jam to down the street. 
And then uh, I had a separate playlist for my character work once we left the stage in between uh, Music in the Mirror and Paul's monologue. So music was a huge thing for me. And then, yeah, I think those are, yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. I've yeah. I've never heard of someone doing that, but yeah. I, I personally like can connect with music so easily. So that's like a, a fun little project. How awesome, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like it's character. nerdy, but. Right, no, but I'm, yeah. I'm right up there with you, Jeff. So <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah. Jeff, maybe now let's jump on into the rehearsal room. What was it like being in there with the cast and the team? Uh, if you can sort of walk us through what that experience was like. I mean, it was it was pretty special. I think um, Matt Gardner did such a good job from a directorial standpoint of making sure that the character work was all there and we were all holding the integrity of who these people are, right? Um, they're all pretty clear vignettes to stand alone and making sure, and especially in that signature space where it is so intimate, there's no hiding. Um, so uh, making sure that those characters were so clear was so important to him. So we, we had, um, individual breakout rooms where we would go with certain people that he kind of believed were connected to begin with. Bobby and Sheila, I think had a breakout room, uh, Paul and Deanna. So, so from there, we kind of delved a little bit more into the characters and this was like, day three. <laughs> we were still kind of working on music. And then we also did a cool day where we all were kind of told to bring in something related to our character or, or the time of the, 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 the play. And we came in and we kind of felt like school. We all sat in a, um, a semicircle and we got to put up videos or put up photos, whatever that may be. A couple of people did cool advertisements. Some people talked about the the culture of what a course line did for the 70s in the sense that it brought forth the fashion trend of wearing leg warmers, right? That was all of a sudden like a hot thing and what that concept album did. And, you know, I did the comparison between what drag was then and what drag is today, which is obviously vastly different. Um, and so yeah, it was it, that was very very cool, and then Dennis obviously got got involved, and we we started delving into the choreography, and it was it was really special with um, Dennis Jones that he um, he has such an incredible eye in watching him work. I I learned so much because he could he was constantly scanning and seeing how the choreography looked on everyone's bodies and would adjust and change and have something, three other options in his back pocket. And as a creative, no matter what you do, whether that be in choreography, directing, actor, um, I think in any aspect of life, right? You can have different plans of attack. Don't ever settle for the first choice, basically. And we're kind of taught that in, in art school, but seeing that at his, um, at his level is just pretty, was pretty spectacular. So uh, yeah, working with Dennis was great. And then we kind of moved along. The cast was amazing, but there is something I have to say about a chorus line. It is so intimidating. You literally feel like you are on the line at all times. 
mm-hmm. you go up and you you do your thing and everyone in your cast is watching right and so i actually struggled a bit in the rehearsal process because i felt like i didn't fully belong because nobody had seen my work nobody had seen uh, me get to do like my my piece of the the puzzle mm-hmm. and the puzzle is 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 big and but we all got to see a little bit of music in the mirror and we all got to see everyone's numbers and i i didn't feel felt like i belonged and i felt judged and all of these things and obviously that's all or mostly self-admitted right or or, or, or um induced, induced i guess you yeah could say. <laughs> yeah um so uh and that's something and and obviously i i leaned pretty deep into my character work and i was sitting in that feeling of not belonging and kind of finding my way through and and that was both really really bad for myself but then also ending up paying off in some ways mm-hmm. um so so yeah it was it was a bit of a struggle but it also i felt the first time i was able to to finally do the monologue from everyone for everyone uh it was during a uh think a designer run I think or something right before that and I felt just everyone finally on my side in a weird way whether that be the truth whether it not um it was a uh, really special energy moment that I, I will never forget that was really cool yeah that's interesting it's making me think when I was in high school I was in Legally Blonde the musical and I, <laughs> I played Paulette and it's mm-hmm. the same thing where they're doing all of these songs that everyone knows and I'm waiting and I'm like, hmm, okay. And we would sometimes like get to my scene and they'd be like, okay, let's keep going. Let's skip yeah. it and keep going. And there yeah. was that feeling of like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Like no one else has seen this and am I involved in, in this group of people? And then the day where everyone is sitting there and you get to show them what you've been working on and and, yeah. and it works, right? And things click and they laugh or, oh, they react. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a special moment. And I think that too speaks to whether you are doing community theater in high school or this regional production of this iconic show, it, that feeling is so universal. I'm sure people listening are like shaking their heads. And, We've all and been relating. there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. tough. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm sure we could apply that to many other characters, but those are two where it's like you you wait your turn kind of a thing and you're you're not as involved. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So let's jump then, Jeff, to opening night. If you can think back, what was that like? What was the audience's reaction? And uh, talk about that sort of energy there. Yeah, I I do love opening night, and especially at um, you know the theaters that that do it right and that press isn't there and it it is mostly um industry friends and family members and it is all love uh and it did it just felt like it clicked 
it, it was re- it was really special and it was it was actually one of the only moments that our full cast was on the line too which is kind of crazy because after that people started getting sick dropping uh, injuries and you know chorus line is such a such a ride so um so I, I I do hold that memory very near and dear to my heart of just all of us showing that special version of a chorus line that we created. Um, yeah, it was special. Yeah. And hearing that applause when you see the curtain rise up and it's da 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 and it, it, uh, yeah, a chorus line is such a rare, <laughs> it's like a, an energy and you feel that energy from, all of past productions, everybody that stepped foot on on that stage, uh, the the people that originated the roles, the actual stories, you just kind of feel that kinetic energy, um, and I felt that. Yeah, just got chills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it is such a thing of it's like uh, once you're in the in the group, you are connecting down the line to all of those people who have done it before you, and that's. I'm sure that's going to continue on. And I've always said, when we get back to theater, a court, like seeing a chorus line is going to be so different. And I can't even imagine what whoever is in that production when we are back to theater and that is how it starts. That energy is going to be untouched. <laughs> I oh, and, I'm and the there. tears, the tears that were already there for what I did for love are going to be abhorrent a pouring they're gonna be flowing out so (laughs) yeah i think um yeah there is something so so special about this show obviously you know there's there's a reason why a few of your your guests have have talked on it um it's it's so important for for gypsies for dancers for performers but then also it has such a deep connection to your your average person the person that that works nine to five and sees themselves in in us i think that's kind of the special thing it it kind of gives them a chance to kind of see at a heightened in a heightened way what we do Yeah, yeah definitely So Jeff, let's talk. So I know, like you just mentioned, a lot of people had a bit of wear and tear from the show. It is so challenging to do, especially in a longer run. So what was the run like for you and anything that you learned about yourself in terms of maintaining your body and your spirit to be able to do the show every night and either like some stories about certain performances that stick out or anything like that that you can share with us? Um, I think uh, there was a couple uh, things to that. I think health-wise, it it taught me um, yeah, to constantly keep up on my body, keep up. I, I was, was working out. I was eating very clean. Um, I wouldn't hang out all the time after shows or have drinks, even though I wanted to, I just know the, now again, I wasn't necessarily having to, to sing some of the hardest songs in the show. I really didn't great, thankfully. Um, But I still had to make sure I was emotionally available. And that level of emotional availability is, is tough, especially on 
you know, the average four show weekend, which we did, or five show weekend, we did one Friday night, two Saturday, two Sunday. And that was, was, uh, you know, a lot, but, and then there was, uh, there was times on holidays that we did six show weekends. So PT on Monday was everything. We all would go to PT. We would get needled. I, um, you know, hip flexor everything it was just like my hip flexors probably were, were the biggest thing kind of killing me but um but yeah it, it, it just taught me um to manage myself and stay focused on on what i was there to do and that and that was to tell paul's story to the best of my ability and in that I knew I had to make sacrifices. Uh, the holidays were tough. It was kind of like I couldn't, I didn't drink. I didn't, you know, get to enjoy the festivities like I would, I would normally, right? Um, and that was another lesson learned, but I was grateful I was still able to celebrate with my family, which was special. Yeah, and then the, the, I think the thing that helped me again were my little... Uh, tricks and with music there were days that I would walk into the theater and I did feel like just kikiing and enjoying myself and then you know it would push into 15 minutes before uh, uh places and then I would kind of plug in but always 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 I did my character work as soon as I left the stage um and until I walked back on for the pause monologue Mm -hmm. uh, whether that be some days music wasn't really working and that I was pulling up uh, old videos, even though this wasn't necessarily from that exact time, but old videos of like through rabbit holes of YouTube of RuPaul, like being her fierce self in her young days on the streets and what that culture was like in the eighties and nineties and drag culture. And, you know, I, I just, any way I could find inspiration and keep my vulnerability there, um, I did. And also with that being said, no matter what, uh, Matt Risch was the best scene partner because he was always there with me. He was always giving me his eyes and giving me beats and giving me anything that I kind of needed to stay in at. So that also helped the longevity of it. Yeah. And you could see him, right? I think Trevor mentioned that, that he was like there. Yeah, yeah. And it was cool because, you know, he, he had a beautiful moment with Cassie that he actually left his desk and he was close to the stage. And I think Sig is, Sig is only like 200 seats, 300 seats. So it is small. There is no hiding um, for, for Matt or, or for us on the stage or the audience members, you know, there was no hiding um and so yeah and then matt was actually really close to the stage when i first came out because he he would he would kind of call me out from uh, larry and uh and so that was special because then we could drop in together we could have this moment we could focus and then he made his way to his desk and then eventually he actually leaned back his light was on and then the lights kind of shifted that I couldn't see anyone and that I just yeah I just felt like a white void which I love let's be real <laughs> you're like oh especially yeah from the like two the end two minutes I'm like I just want to feel alone but then obviously using feeling the energy that everyone's giving me so 
Yeah, that's yeah. very cool. I I would. It's so funny because I can remember I said to Trevor, like I saw all the promo stuff for the show coming yeah. out and was like, I want to see this. Like mm-hmm. it looks awesome. And I mean, just hearing you talk about that, I'm like, I need to see this. So maybe they'll be, oh. you'll do it again somewhere because yeah. I need to see it. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I, and I love to, Jeff, if you could just, this will, this will be my last question that I'm going to ask yeah. you, but touching on like how this new version of this show, what that was like to be able to take, like we've been talking about this show that everyone knows you've heard the music we know the the normal dance the original dance but to be able to go on this journey and to have this this nice run of this new version what like what was that like for you and if you've taken anything away from it uh just kind of being a collaborative part of like you said of this puzzle of creating this new looking puzzle of this of this iconic show yeah i think i um i learned a lot of things from obviously the creatives and the cast right they kept me inspired they kept i mean you know getting to hear vinnie kemsky uh our, the guy that played our al sing his face off every night was a treat mm-hmm. um getting to hear our deanna sing her face off getting to hear uh, just everyone go off was amazing. Um, obviously the creatives and then learning from Paul, you know, there's so many lessons for, for we, you know, you can learn <laughs> from Paul, but, um, to, to obviously just love yourself so deeply and to not, at the end of the day, we all just want to be loved and to give love. Right. And I think Paul never really felt that in his life until he kind of got the closure with his parents of um, being loved and getting having that feeling of acceptance. And that I learned from Paul that I don't need to search for that. And I think I have been searching for that almost my whole life in the sense that I just want to know that I'm on this right path and that I'm, 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 I'm doing the right thing. Uh, but then he taught me that you don't do that. And then it'll all just happen as long as you keep being you leading with your true spirit. And I think that's probably my biggest takeaway, you know, uh, obviously after the show closed, um, you know, I, I was on my way to Chicago. I was, I was, down to do um, Jury Lane's uh, Vita. And then the pandemic happened. And I was like, another kind of big, what am I supposed to do now? But there have been little, little Easter eggs, I guess you can say, all throughout that have reminded me that, um, yeah, we're all on the right path. Does that answer your question? Yes. <laughs> it does, it is. Yes, no, definitely. I think that's so important. I wrote down leading with your true spirit. I think that that is like, I'm going to write that down and put it on my wall because mm. I think it's true. We, and it's, it's funny. I've been doing uh, an acting program just in these first couple months of, of 20, a couple months. It's only the second month right now of 2021, but yeah. we, 
that has been like a goal of mine of this year of figuring out like who I actually am, what I actually want to use my life and my myself mm -hmm. here to say. And a big part of then once you can feel secure or at least slightly secure in that is just trusting that whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And I think that's very important, especially for, for us as actors yeah. and performers. And then something as of recent that I've learned that I'm like, you know, from from a chorus line, I was grateful to get a manager in TV and film and kind of developing that whole side of my work, you know, but then also learning through not really weighing, and this isn't talking about the managers that I'm with, but not weighing on your agents or, or, or other people in the business to, to, to be really fighting for you. Because I think, you know, we're all kind of in that, that, that state when it's non-pandemic times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but then during pandemic times, we've, we've kind of turned on to uh, looking for anybody that's going to kind of keep us going, yeah. you know, whether that be family, it doesn't even have to be professional uh, people. Uh, so, so yeah, I think it's an interesting time of just trusting your spirit, leading with your spirit and, and, and moving forth like you are like taking class, doing anything that kind of keeps that creative flame alive because, you know, it was interesting. I taught, um, uh, acting, uh, while singing class a few weeks ago and there were a girl, sweet girl who just who is just about to graduate said, do you have any advice for somebody that's about to head into this business? And, you know, I know so many people that are like well-established in this business that are like, have a backup plan, have this, you know, obviously our business is struggling right now, you know, start spreading elsewhere. And I, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that because I think if your heart is in this, then that is all that matters and you will find a way no matter what to make sure your heart is shown create content create a podcast create something that you feel re represented in and that's what matters and if people watch it they watch it but that little spark that you feel that when when you finish it and you're like i did this nothing replaces that i'd rather do that every single day for the rest of my life than punch numbers <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome, Jeff. Wow. Mm. I cannot thank you enough for mm. coming here and sharing your story. And like you said, little Easter eggs, you have just dropped a whole bunch for us. So <laughs> thank you so much for, for yeah. being so open and for, for sharing your, your light and your spirit with us today. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Well, everyone, we have made it to the end of yet another wonderful episode. I cannot thank Jeff Gordy enough for sharing every single detail of his wonderful experience in A Chorus Line at the Signature Theater. 
If you would like to stay connected with Jeff, his information can be found in the show notes of today's episode, along with the information to get in touch with me. Like I remind you every week, I would love to hear from you. Any sort of feedback or suggestions for other topics or people you'd like to see, join me on the podcast. Reach out, people. Let me know what you think. And I just want to touch one last thing before I let you go. Jeff, ending the episode, speaking about leading with your true spirit and really going for this, if this is the career that you want to pursue, really hit me right in my heart. And I have to agree with him so strongly. And I also want to add that if you are feeling like you don't know what your true spirit is, that's totally okay. And I think that our true spirit is always changing and evolving. So just keep yourself open because whatever is meant for you is, it's coming people. And I know that whatever is meant for this podcast is on its way. And boy, oh boy, I'm so excited to share it with you. So again, thank you for listening today. Please feel free to share this episode. Give us a like or a subscribe or a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. I appreciate all of the love and support that you share with me just by being here today. So thank you all so much. I hope you have a wonderful week. So many more incredible episodes are on their way. Another shout out and special thank you to Jeff Gordy. And I will see you next time on Let's Take It From The Top. Bye.